You're listening to Destined Women Ministries, the podcast. Enjoy. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We love you. You are Alpha and Omega. There is none like you, Jesus. We worship you in the beauty of holiness. We thank you. We present ourselves to you right now, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your great faithfulness to us. We thank you for your mercies, God. We thank you for your love. We thank you for how committed you are to us. We thank you for processing us, helping us, changing us. And Father, I'm asking in Jesus' name that you would speak through my mouth in the name of Jesus, that you would speak and relay the message that you want every person under the sound of my voice to hear. Father, that it would be all your words, all your work, all your heart in the name of Jesus. I bind up my own flesh, my own opinions, and my own thoughts in Jesus' name. And Father, I ask you, speak through me. Use me for your glory according to your perfect will. We all need to hear a word from you. We all need knowledge and insight on how to be who you've called us to be in season and out of season in the name of Jesus. So Father, teach us. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. Amen. We love God. He's an awesome God. He's a wonderful Savior. Great God. Great Father. We thank him, hallelujah, for seeing us in every state we've been in, in every season of our lives, and loving us through every single state, every single issue, every single circumstance. And we thank him for releasing knowledge and understanding. And in this regard, we thank the Lord for releasing preparation for us who want to be married. So I want to um, speak to you today, uh, still in this series, Surviving Singlehood. And this message, this lesson is entitled, Seek Not. Seek Not, okay? Glory to the name of the Lord. I want to um, start this lesson off by saying I'm an advocate for um, godly marriages. I'm uh, an advocate for everyone living within the will of God for their lives. Um, This series is preparing single people to have successful marriage. And it's also for married people to pull from it whatever they can pull from it. Okay, I feel like there are so many books about marriage. There are so many um, uh, resources and ministries who have dedicated the, the objective of most of their messages to marriage. But nobody really, not many people are really taking the time to pour into single people. And if we took the time to pour into single people, then first of all, single people would be happy being single and marriages would not need so many ministries dedicated to keeping them together and keeping them happy. God is a God who would not have us ignorant. That's not his will. He's a God who prepares us. He always has. It's scriptural. That's what he does. He does nothing unless he reveals it to his servants, the prophets first. He will let you know what's going to happen in your life, and he will show you how to prepare for it if you are in him. And I want every person who is listening to me right now to make sure that you are in Christ because Christ will make sure that you are prepared for whatever it is he's going to place in your hands, whether that be ministry, whether it be finances, whether it be a spouse, whether it be children, if you are in him. And I want you to know this, and this is what the Father wants me to say. I'm just going to flow by the Holy Spirit, that the behaviors that you accumulate for yourself now, the behaviors which are important to you now, the habits that you pick up now, 
you can take those same behaviors and habits and bring them into your marriage and bring them into your parenting skills. So that means if you pray often now, that does not have to stop and it's not God's will for that to stop when you're married. If you pray and read often now, you take that prayerful life and that life in the word and you bring it into the marriage and you raise your children in that way, okay? So I want you all to um, be happy being single and allow the Lord to, you know what you do? You envision yourself as the clay on the potter's wheel and say, God, shape me, make me, mold me, shave off everything that does not need to be there, reshape me again in the name of Jesus, make me who I'm supposed to be so that the the glory that you put, the, the treasure that you put in this earthen vessel can actually be glorified, right? We want to be this, this vessel that people can look at and see God within us and see the treasure of God within us. And so we don't want to just be that way when we're single. And then when we get married, we're running around looking tired and ragged in our prayer life and our um, life with the Lord and our ability to fast and our ability to focus is gone. And, you know, all it is is about us really trying to survive, trying to keep the marriage going and try to keep the kids happy. This is not the will of God for marriage. And God has um, poured this into me. So I'm just going to pour it into you today. Um... And I, 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 feel, I feel like um, Brother Jude right now where <laughs> he sat down to write a letter about one thing and ended up uh, writing a letter about a completely different thing. I actually have my seek not notes here, but the Lord is just taking me to an, another place. So I'm just going to move my notes out of the way and I'm going to let the Holy Spirit speak as he will. So the Lord was speaking to me this morning, and this is a topic that he's spoken to me about um, before, just about how to take the, the good things which are in us that we um, accumulate as single Christians and taking those things into marriage. God says he's first, marriage is second, kids third, <laughs> And so I was thinking that that sounds kind of, you know, if you tell a child that they're like number three, you know, so then <laughs> categorically he said, okay, I'm A, <laughs> marriage is B and the children are C. However you want to put it, God comes first, marriage is next, and then the children are after that. One thing that does not bring glory to the marriage covenant or bring glory to God in the marriage covenant is if the, the two married people lose their marriage and lose their happiness and, you know, lose their fellowship with the Lord because they have children. Children are a result of the marriage. The marriage is supposed to be tended to and taken care of. If the marriage is healthy, then the children will be healthy. Do you understand? And this is what Father is pouring into me. So I'm letting you into, by his will, into our personal conversations is what he pours into me, being his child, um, waiting this long, um, making sure, being careful not to make the wrong decisions, you know, seeking counsel, having to sacrifice and having to walk away from people, even if I didn't really want to, making mistakes, going through deliverance and all that stuff. As a father, he's spoken to me about preparation for marriage because God forbid we start this deep, passionate love story with God, right? We love him so much. We're praying all the time. We're reading all the time. But because we did not sit at his feet 
and allow ourselves to be prepared for our next level and our next season, we get into the marriage covenant and we forget about God. We forget how to pray consistently. We forget how to um, read the Bible consistently. We forget how to seek the face of the Lord. That's not God's will. So God wants us. He will sit us down and converse with us and tell us, this is how you handle marriage. Marriage is God's covenant. So if you're in Christ and he is his will for you to be married, he's going to teach you how to have a successful covenant, one which glorifies him. What will glorify the Lord is if, first of all, we continue to pray. We cannot stop praying because we're married. We cannot stop praying because now we have other things to do in the evenings and in the nights. So this is my advice to you. I'm sharing this with you as a sister and because the Lord wants me to. It is important for you to have a schedule and it is important for you to have a schedule now. I'm going to say it again. It's important for you to have a schedule and it is important for you to have a schedule now. And I am going to go by the spirit of the Lord into the book of Proverbs, into the 31st chapter, which we are all familiar with about the virtuous woman. Okay, let's see. Where is, here we go. So we're going to Proverbs 31 and 15. Before I read the, the totality of this, um, this verse, I just want to say that the Lord had um, begun to train me to get up really early in the morning. And, um, he did not allow me to believe that it was only because he wanted us to fellowship early in the morning. It was That was a huge reason. But the Lord was telling me, when you have a family, you need to know how to get up in the morning and run your household. You need to know how to wake up in the morning and take care of your infant and get breakfast ready for your toddler without your whole mind and world being disheveled and you not being able to pray and, um, you know, things of that nature. So he um, used this scripture in Proverbs 31 to support what he was telling me. 31 and 15, it says, She riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. I'm going to say that again. She riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. And so the Lord used this to teach me that a woman is supposed to get up before the sun to make sure that her household is taken care of. So daddy has me waking up at 4 a.m. or before 5 a.m. I have to be out of my bed before 5 a.m. And this is because I need to be able to get up and run my household. But first, I need to know how to maintain a prayer life. So I get up at that time, and it's a very rare occasion that I actually get back in the bed, okay? It just depends. It depends. It's a very rare occasion that I will get back in the bed and take a nap later on in the day. Um, and quite frankly, I, I usually feel bad about doing that because I'm like, there's something I can be recording. There's some type of lesson I can be writing down. So I wake up at that time and I spend hours in prayer, hours, multiple hours. <laughs> I spend time in prayer with the Lord. I love him. I fellowship with him. I take time with him, period. And so there's a scripture um, in... First Corinthians, and we can go there really quickly because, well, it's just going to be, <laughs> it's going to be a part of this lesson today. 
So let's see, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, and I'm reading the Amplified Version. Let's see. Let me see what, what verse we're going to. So they did not weep. Let's go down. Here we go. So I'm reading the Amplified um, Version, and here we go. It's, and I'm going to start at verse 33. It says, but the married man is concerned about worldly things, how he may please his wife, and his interests are divided. His interests are divided. This, this means that he doesn't have a steady, committed devotion to God because he has this, this concern for his wife. Um, and he doesn't understand how to maintain a solid, unbiased devotion to Christ while being a married man. And um, the same goes on for the woman. But if we develop good habits that say Christ is first when we're single, when we get married, we take that mentality. If it's genuine, if the love is real, when you get married, you take that mentality into your marriage. You're not going to fall out of love with God because he gave you a spouse. Okay. Um, I'm being, I feel like I should tell this story. So there was this young lady at a church I used to go to, um, and we used to have like a woman's group in the evening, and she came in kind of late, and she was really upset. And some of you may have heard this before. I don't know. Um, she was upset, and she said that her husband um, had cheated on her with several women. I mean, they had been married for maybe like a year and a half or maybe two years. They were really newly married, um, small child, and she said that he had cheated on her. And it was in the sum of, I mean, like if I say 100 women, I'm not exaggerating, maybe somewhere around 70, but it was several women. And so she was really, really upset and she wanted to know what to do. And so the the women in the group, they were like, uh-uh, girl, that's too many women. You need to take your child and you need to move on. And so um, I used to operate in, I, I, uh, they knew uh, a prophetic anointing when I was in that church. And so the pastor's wife, after everybody had said what they said, I was sitting there quiet. And she said, okay, Tiffany, now <laughs> you speak. <laughs> and so I said, the Lord is saying that um, essentially this woman had left her first love. I'm just going to talk to y'all that she had left her first love and that she, he was going to allow that marriage to be destroyed if she didn't find her way back to Christ. And um, God was telling her, don't leave him, stay. Wow. So every, <laughs> that was like the last thing that anybody would expect, right? To, um, for, to hear that God wants you to stay with someone who, yeah, he did. And so um, she actually admitted that before she got with him, she was um, committed to her life with the Lord. She was reading, praying, fasting, and she was in church and she was involved and she decided she really wanted to be married. And she decided that she and someone else was going to go on a fast for their spouse. That was it. And by the time the fast was over, they had met their spouse. And yes, she had become enveloped in her life as a new mom and a um, new wife. And she had lost all the fervor that she had for the Lord. She was no longer praying and reading and seeking God the way she um, used to. She was not fasting. These things were an afterthought if they happened. And her interests be became divided. She was no longer interested in Christ. She was interested in her spouse, 
And she she still liked Christ. You know, she still loved him. She came to church. You know, she was at the women's group. But um, she didn't have that devotion to him anymore. And I want you all to know that it makes no sense for you to pray and fast and seek the Lord and love him. And I just want to say that her and her husband, they stayed together and they're doing absolutely wonderful. Okay. But uh, it makes no sense for us to be single and dutiful and serving the Lord. And then we get with a spouse who's supposed to be a blessing and we act like Jesus doesn't exist anymore. You do know he's a jealous God, right? So when you're single, when you're a single person, God expects you to develop habits that are lifelong, that this, this child here, this child prays, this child prays. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are. It does not matter who's with her or who's not with her. It doesn't matter if she's married or single. This is a praying person, okay? Um, and I guess we'll get into seek not <laughs> in the next episode and we can tie all of this to, to, together. Okay, um, God wants us to develop these habits now. Okay, this is not um, anything like, oh, Tiffany, you know, she's so special. No, it's not that. It's just that I'm actually just sitting down and taking the time to get to know God and what he wants from me and actually working on my marriage with him first. Because I don't want anything that's going to pull me away from him. I don't care if it's ministry. I don't care if it's money. I don't care if it's a home. I don't care if it's a, a lifestyle change. I don't care if it's a new fabulous body. I don't care if it's a big fine man. I don't care if it's children. Whatever it is, I don't want it if it's going to pull me away from Christ. And understand this, that God wants you to have all those nice things. He wants you to have them, right? He wants you to have the, the nice body, the house, the car, the big fine spouse, the children, all those things, the ministry. He wants you to have them. Definitely, there's no good thing he'll withhold from those who walk uprightly before him. But you have to start walking uprightly before him so that you show him that you can handle all the wonderful things he wants to give you. So your time of singlehood is not a time for you to be looking around and frantically searching for a spouse. Your time of singlehood is for you to be still and settle yourself in Jesus. I am married to Christ. He is my first love. That will never change. Remember what he says to the church who left their first love. He's like, go back, repent, do the first works. Remember from where you've fallen, okay, get it together. And we don't want that to be the words of Christ to us when we're married. You need to remember who your, actual, who your first love is. Because this carnal marriage you got, you know, we don't want that to happen, but it can go up in smoke. Something can happen. People change. Don't we know this? So God is saying you can't put everything that you have, every bit of faith that you have, all your energy, all your thoughts, all your mind, all your motives into this marriage and forget about me. So while you're a single person, God expects you to develop commitment and faithful habits to him. And he does not want that to change and it's not his will for that to change when you're married. So I will tell you all this by the spirit of God. This is the only reason why I'm telling you this because it's personal that I've literally been in prayer multiple times and have had multiple visions of myself singing in tongues or worshiping, praying um, to the Lord while I'm breastfeeding or with a baby next to me and like a, um, like a rocker, like a rocker of one of those. I, 
so single, don't even know what it's called, but it's some type of chair that you strap a baby in. It's kind of like a oval or something. Like I'm seeing this. I'm seeing like um, toddlers laying next to me while I'm sitting on the floor in my prayer closet. And it's, it, it would, the last thing I want to do is lose the love I have for Christ and my relationship with him because he blessed me with something. So when he shows me those things, when I'm in my personal prayer time, it fills me with so much joy and relief that everything he's telling me is exactly what's going to happen. I'm going to take everything that I have Um, built with the Lord and that he's built within me. I'm going to take all of this good goodness, this relationship I have with with Christ, I'm going to take it into my marriage and my children won't be a distraction for me and my husband won't be a distraction for me because our marriage and our life as parents will be centered around Christ. And so the kids will already know because that's how they're going to be raised up from infancy. And these are things that the Lord has to show me. I promise you this wisdom is not from me. This is from the Holy Spirit. These are things he shows me because he wants me to know how I'm supposed to run my home. The very first vision I had, I was, I mean, like this was like, I must have just gotten filled with the Holy Spirit or I don't know. Okay. I was filled with the Holy Spirit. It had to have been, I mean, like right, right when I had just gotten filled with the Holy Spirit. And I remember I was laying down and I was praying and all of a sudden I was in this vision and I was looking in a crib and I was um, sitting in a rocking chair next to this crib, looking in the crib. And I was reading the book of Genesis to this, this baby And then I was in that baby's room while they were still in the crib and I was on the floor on on my knees and I was worshiping God. And um, that was the very first vision the Lord had ever given me. And now um, as I mature in Christ, of course, um, you know, I'm seeing more. But the takeaway from that for us all is that you can still read the word even if you have an infant. Take the Bible into the room with him, sit down and read it. You can still worship God, put them in their playpen, put them in whatever it is and get your time in with the Lord. And I'm not telling you to neglect your child because that's not what the Lord wants. They need love. They need attention. They need affirmation. They need to know about Jesus too. But the one thing that the Lord imparts into me when he shows me these visions of me breastfeeding while I'm praying, really not allowing anything to stop me is that the atmosphere the child needs to be in is one where their mother is praying. That's where they need to be. That's where they need to sit. That's where they need to grow. That's where they need to be worshiped because whatever is going on in that atmosphere, the glory, the angelic activity, the spiritual impartation is not just going to fall on the mother, it's going to fall on the child too. And this, I'm telling y'all, this we're talking about now, raising up the next generation of prophets. They're not just going to happenstance come along and come upon prayer. They need to be raised in it. God doesn't just want us to birth out regular children, not when you're full of the Holy Spirit and you're a saint and you know God's eternal purpose and will for this earth. Uh Uh-uh. You're birthing out prophets. You're birthing out kings and priests. You're birthing out apostles. You're birthing out pastors and teachers and evangelists. You're birthing out prophetesses. You're birthing out people who God has placed on this earth to build up his kingdom. And so you train them up the way they should go. And if a child is in that type of atmosphere from infancy, my God, my God, 
the spiritual authority, the spiritual glory that that child will walk in and carry throughout their entire life because of what you've allowed them to be a part of as children, as toddlers, as infants. So God has shown me emphatically that no, it's never his will for the child to take us away from him. What he really expects is for us to bring the child to him. He, it, it, when, you, when you read scripture, it says, God took the children to himself he, and he laid hands on them. Like he embraced them and he put his hands on them and he blessed them. He says, suffer the children to come unto me for such is the kingdom of God. God wants you to have your children in the prayer closet. God wants you to be reading that Bible out loud with your children sitting there listening, playing, doing whatever they're doing. But what God does not want you to do is get so caught up in everything else that you forget to pray or all these things are afterthought and your children are full of all types of cartoons and all types of toys and games which have their place, but they're not getting their fill of Christ. So right now as a single woman, I have a schedule. I have to get up. I have to pray. I have to make sure my home is clean before I go to sleep. And so these are habits that will not change when I'm married. I have to make sure I'm clean before I get in my bed. Y'all not saying nothing. (laughs) Got to make sure that I've brushed my teeth because God, he's a father and he's not just my father. He's my husband's father too. He's going to make sure that my husband has a wife who has good hygiene. You understand what I'm saying? (laughs) He's going to make sure that every little thing is taken care of because he cares about the covenant. He He wants it to run smoothly. He wants both parties to be happy. And in order for both parties to be happy, you can't figure out that you're supposed to, uh, this is just an example, take your two showers a day after you're married and after you done got in the bed and you're funky for the day and maybe your husband want to hold you or something, but you still kind of sweaty and you need to go somewhere and wash and change your underwear and your bra. Come on, let's just be real. Put on some new lotion, put on some new oil. You need to get, this is how you're supposed to go into your bed. There are literally married women who have no idea about that. I promise you there are. Okay. And so God is setting not just you up to be a good wife, but for you to Please, your husband, the the habits, the specific habits God is forming in you as an individual are for your spouse. And we can say the same thing for whoever we're going to marry. There are things God is um, forming within them, habits, mindsets that will um, marry with you and be absolutely perfect. You will say, you know what? That's exactly what I wanted. Because you cannot possibly believe that the Lord is going to take you through all the, pr- the pruning and the preparation and all the years of singlehood and you get into a marriage with someone that you're not really supposed to be with or that you're not happy with. Now, quite frankly, we all go through changes and we all go through seasons. But if you've been in preparation, if you learn to submit to Christ, if you've learned to love him, follow him and obey him, then doing that with your spouse is going to come naturally. So there are habits right now. So this is not seek not. <laughs> this is not that lesson. <laughs> this is developing Christ-like or, or Christ-influenced habits before you're married. If you develop these habits now, they will flow naturally into your marriage. You're not going to be disheveled when it comes time for you to clean. You're going to clean because it's a habit. I can't go to bed with dishes in my sink. Do y'all hear me? That can't happen. 
I cannot, I'm going to say it again, go to bed with dishes in my, even if I put them in the dishwasher, like something has to be wrong. <laughs> but if I, if I really say, you know what, not tonight, they would have to go in the dishwasher, but, and I would still have to wipe off my countertops, spray stuff down, disinfect things. Things have to be neat. Things have to be nice because this is the home and you run it. Okay. So I have to mop. I have to shampoo carpets. I have to do laundry and all those things now. And when I do the, when I do these things now, the Lord has in my heart, this is, these are things you're going to have to work into your schedule when you're married, period. You're going to have to be able to do that. Even if you are so busy that you need a housekeeper, there are still some things that you will have to do for yourself. Your housekeeper is not going to shampoo your carpet. You can get your carpet shampooed on your own. You can do it yourself in about 30 good minutes. You put that water down, suck up that dirty um, water, suck up the water that's there, have it dried and everything. I've done it in this apartment. I have two floors and um, carpet on, um, in my bedroom on the main level and up in the loft on the, the second level shampoo these carpets, make sure things are vacuumed. When you have children, that's, and these are things the Lord puts in my mind. I'm telling y'all, when you have children, they're crawling around. Tiffany, take, take um, heed to the fact you have cats. There's a different level of cat here that vacuuming cannot get up. And you're going to need to know that you got to shampoo that carpet and get stuff that's embedded in that carpet up and out. Okay. And um, yeah, it's a job. Being a, a, a housewife or a homemaker or however you want to, a stay-at-home mom, however you want to um, call it or um, categorize it, whatever it is, it is a full-time job, okay? And do your job well, just like you expect your husband to do his job well, just like while you're single now, he's single now too, and God should be teaching him how to be a provider, how to treat his wife, his particular wife. Everybody don't need the same things, but for his wife, who you are, there are certain things that he needs to know, certain habits and behaviors that he needs to have, and certain things he needs to understand. During this time of singlehood, God is working all of those things out within us. So what we have to do is submit to the Lord and allow him to lead us now so that when we're married, I don't know, I'm just going to say it as many times as the Holy Spirit puts it in my mouth. So when we're married, we don't change up on the Lord. So not only do I um, have this prayer schedule in the morning and then, um, you know, the Lord wants me and this is the ideal day. Like this is the, okay, Tiffany, you, this is what you're supposed to do every day. Get up, pray, go and um, do some exercise. Whether I'm running, which I usually am, or walking. <laughs> I went today, I saw some type of wild dog. I said, well, that's it for my run. I turned right back around. <laughs> I like, and you know my brain, I'm like, that's a hyena. That ain't no regular dog. I ain't got time. <laughs> I don't know if it was like a hyena. I'm like, that thing was like baby blue. It had navy blue spots. Like I felt like I was making up stuff. Anyway, that thing ran into the woods. It wanted no parts of me, but I ran, I turned right around and I was out. I'm like, that's it. Short walk. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not going, I'm not going to pit pat my feet too fast no more. That's it. We, we walking back home. Holy spirit. Thank you. Thank you. I'm tired now. That's okay. I was not fooling with that wild dog. I'm like, where's animal control? I see them around here sometimes. Where, where are they? Now, you know, 
I don't even know if I want to walk back that way no more since there's wild dogs in the woods out there. I'm like, I'm going to need to get something because you know me, I was talking myself up. I'm like, I'm going to body slam that dog. I was looking around, I'm like, watch, I'm going to get a branch. I'm going to hurt that dog. <laughs> that dog come near me. It's on in Jesus' name. Watch, watch. Don't judge me, y'all. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, I, I do my exercise. Pray all goes well while I'm out there. <laughs> and then I, um, I come back home. I shower, make a smoothie bowl, like I'm calculated with it. And what the Lord was reminding me is that when I was taking care of my younger sibling, I was the same exact way, okay? We had to, I knew exactly what time their shows were coming on. I knew exactly what time I was feeding them, what time they were going to have their snack, what time they were going to have their lunch, you know, what time we were going to practice writing, what time we were going to, let's go on the potty, it's time, you know, I was very, very scheduled. And um, I had a lot of order with them. But what it did was it made my life easier and it made their life easier. They knew exactly what to expect. They wanted, they didn't need me to tell them nothing. They knew exactly what time, couldn't tell a lick of time, but just like an internal clock, they knew, okay, my show is on now. You know, they may start humming the song and yep, put it on. Um, after they had their breakfast, you know, you can implement that type of order. And honestly, you want them to be that type of adult who knows how to get up, who knows when it's time to clean, who knows, okay, now it's time to eat. And now it's time for me to um, spend spend um, some time doing something intellectual. Let me read the Bible, you know, let me do this or that. Um, when it was time for me to clean up, I'm probably, I'm just going to say it again. Because everybody, you know, new people listen and things like that. I had, when I had my real vacuum cleaner, they had a toy vacuum cleaner. And so I was conditioning them to understand a certain time of the day is time to clean up. You can clean up, put up your toys. And I, I think it's so important for a child to go to bed and know that they're supposed to go to bed early. But in order for them to know that, they have to be raised like that from a, a very young child. They have to be on a strict schedule and know, okay, Listen, by seven o'clock, I'm in the bed. Even if I'm not sleeping yet, I have my book, I have my milk, I'm laying down, I'm chilling out. And then that gives mommy time to have some mommy time. Y'all understand? And the whole thing is when we have our children and they are spending a little too much time, you know, they stay up a little too late, what happens is um, they start cutting into what should be time for the husband and wife to be adults and to spend time with each other and to speak, to eat ice cream and sit on the couch and laugh and talk and things like that. Um, and, and these are the things the Lord tells me about losing the marriage to children. And you know what? I'm going to cut it right here and we're going to pick this up in our next episode. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> God bless you. I love you. Thank you for listening to the Destin Women Ministries podcast. I pray this fellowship was edifying, enlightening, and encouraging. If our fellowship blessed you today, please leave a review on your favorite podcast app. While you're at it, share this episode with friends, family, co-workers, social media followers, or anyone you believe would benefit from this teaching. And I'll be right back here every Monday and Thursday at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Destin Women Ministries podcast. For more information about this ministry, please visit www.destinedwomen.com.
ministries.com.